It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into the Donovan Mitchell trade and how that impacts the Oklahoma City Thunder. Everything from SGA to can he make an all-star game, will he get traded, and how this impacts the standings. Are the Thunder better than the Jazz already? And as more teams compile more future first-round picks, does that have an impact on the Thunder's rebuild strategy? All this on today's Locked on Thunder podcast. On the Locked on Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles. you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. Even email the show, LOTHUNDERPOD at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into Cleveland trading for Donovan Mitchell. How this happened, why this happened, how it impacts OKC, why OKC didn't make this trade, plus the ripple effects in the Western Conference and for SGA specifically. So a lot to get to today, but thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Let's start with just the trade. Donovan Mitchell has traded to Cleveland for three first-round picks, two pick swaps, Lori Markkinen, Okai Baji, Colin Sexton, and Cleveland gets Mitchell under control until 2026. So that's a big deal. That's a big part of all this. So you get five first-round picks, Two of them swaps, three unprotected. Uh, Agbaji even can be considered mental gymnastics as a first-round pick because he was selected in July. Same way they got Walker Kessler from Minnesota in that same type of elk. Walker Kessler, of course, selected as well in the first round of July's draft. Even though I had a low second-round grade on him, he was still technically drafted in the first round. Uh, Colin Sexton is a nice piece. Look. When you see this return, the thing that immediately slaps you in the face if you're an Oklahoma City fan is, well, why didn't the Thunder make this move? It's simply timing. Because is this a reasonable package to assemble for a three-time All-Star who looks like an All-Star next year and looks like an All-Star in the foreseeable future? Yes. Does OKC have the length and the size to make up for Mitchell's height and lack of defense? I think that they can construct a defense with um, Cam Woods and Mark Thagnall around Mitchell and Shea and Giddy and figure figure out a way to, of course, Lou Dort as well, to uh, mask that a bit, uh, that, that side of things, uh, just due to the fact that SGA is bigger and, and Josh Giddy is bigger than the positions that, the positions that they play. Uh, and even looking into the trade package, what would it look like? I think that you'd give up maybe four first-round picks and two pick swaps, and throw in Basley and Tail Maldon. 
Because the reason I up the pick is because you, you don't want to give up Usman Jang or Jalen Williams. You don't want to give up Trey Mann or somebody like that. You're giving up two guys who uh, have struggled in the NBA. For Baisley, he at least has an elite trait, like the defense is elite, but can you figure out the offense in just one year before you have to decide if you want to re-sign him or not? And Taylor Maldon is on the verge of being cut after training camp. So, like, that's not much. You have to sweeten the pot a little bit in terms of the first-round picks. And even though that's still a reasonable package for a three-time All-Star, are you very confident in this all fitting together? Are you very confident in SGA, Josh Giddy, and Mitchell fitting together? Because we talked about that height and lack of defense. Well, to combat that, you have to play Lou Dort or Kenneth Williams with that group. That takes up another spot in there uh, as well. And Lou Dort, of course, uh, is very is very good defensively, elite defensively, but has those same kind of size things where it's just like a fire truck or, or a fire hydrant, as uh, Mike Cage would say on the broadcast. Now, why the timing impacts this? Again, we're not certain that the fit would work, but I do think that Mitchell could, of course, help this team, obviously. Uh, the timing is just off because you have Chet Holmgren missing the entire season. Whenever this season preludes the 2023 draft, and the 2023 draft has what people are calling the best prospect since, Le- since LeBron. Like, like people are saying that, that, that Victor Mignon is the best prospect since LeBron. I've talked to people that say that this draft has 40 to 50 to 40 to 45 names on it that have first round grades and, you know, seven, what I would deem as franchise guys. I think that if you can be a part of a team's three man core, who, who that team is leaning upon you to uh, take them to the next level as part of their big three. I think that that makes you a franchise guy. And there's seven of those names in this bunch. Now that's all before the season, right? Look back to last year and I hate to pick on them, but Patrick Baldwin jr. For me last year, top five injuries, just not lack of performance that all bounced him down from what we saw in high school. The timing just wasn't right for this move. Now, if you had a healthy Chet Holmgren, maybe things change. Maybe you see Sam Presti pull a rabbit out of his hat and go get Donovan Mitchell. Whenever the things fell through with New York, just as Cleveland did. But without Chet Holmgren healthy and this season looking like a year where you can get in the mix for Victor Mignogna or at least one of these seven guys that, that you really like in this draft, there's no excuse to go after Donovan Mitchell, who isn't a slam dunk. Now, of course, if the Thunder made this trade, we'd all talk ourselves into it. We'd all get excited. We've all, we'd, we'd all get kind of a shot in the arm for Thunder basketball. But it's not a slam dunk that he would fit with OKC. And the reason that I'm not worried beyond just the bad timing factor is you've got a guy in Sam Presti who has proven that he will go make that move. He will go shake things up. He will go use these these future first-round picks. He will go use um, the young assets that you have to better this roster when it makes sense. It just doesn't make sense right now. It just doesn't make sense right now for the Thunder to make this move. So that's why they didn't do it. That's why they kind of sat on the sidelines as Donovan Mitchell, a three-time All-Star, gets moved. And I know that we are growing impatient as Thunder fans, and I know that part of it, too, is the narrative around the team. I think that it's hard for the national media to keep up with it. So whenever you're listening to these national talking heads and these national just commentators, even within the Lockdown Podcast Network, I mean, uh, Jackson Gatlin did a great interview with David Locke, but in the interview he mentioned how the Thunder have been taking forever, but Houston and, and Utah is just starting. I think that that gets confusing because they made that Paul George trade what feels like forever ago, but you've got to remember and give them the courtesy of after that Paul George trade, they kept Chris Paul. 
They kept Delino Gallinari. They had SGA playing. They kept Dennis Schroeder. They, 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 they kept a core group together that made the playoffs and before the pandemic was tracking to be a top four seed in the Western Conference. So forgetting your preseason expectations for that season, forgetting what it felt like when Paul George was traded, that team was on track to host a playoff series in the first round. That team was on track to be a top four seed. They go to the bubble, they play those seeding games, they finish with a fifth seed, they play Houston, take them to seven games. So even though the big trade for OKC was made before the pandemic and the big trade for Houston was made after the bubble season, they've both been missing the playoffs for the same amount of time and, and truly rebuilding for the same amount of time. So I think that that kind of conflates the fact that that Paul George trade was, was much earlier. I think that that can kind of conflates where you're itching for that trade. You're itching for the next wave of this rebuild. You're only in the second cycle of it. The Josh Giddey draft is the first cycle. The Chet Holmgren draft is the second cycle. And you're looking now for the third cycle this season. So I know it's been a long time that it feels that way because there was no expectation on that, on that first team. And then these last two teams, of course, have been in true rebuild tanking mode. But I do think that that move is coming. I do think that that move is going to be an OKC and happen for the Thunder sooner than later, just not right now. I think that it'll be 2023 offseason that we see a move that we deem as a splash. Now, I can't promise you any all-star, superstar. A lot of that goes to just kind of tying into who is disgruntled and when. But I do think that in the 2023 offseason, you will see a move by OKC that is viewed as a splash. And the good thing about this core, if it hits, and trust me, in five or ten years, we're going to do a ton of podcasts right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network on Lockdown Thunder, a ton of podcasts looking back and saying, well, was Josh Giddy really the best fit for SGA? Or was it Franz Wagner? Or, well, was Chet Holmgren the best fit for SGA? Or was it X player from this draft? And hopefully we're saying, yes, they were the right pick. And yes, they are players that you can help build around this core. But I say all this to say, the thing about this core is that if it all hits, if Chet Holmgren is who we think he can be after this injury, if Josh Giddy is who we think he can be after you know some shot development, and if SGA is that star we think he is, and, we, and we've seen him be, we physically have seen it already, you know, him be a star level player in the NBA. If all those things happen, your splash move can be for just a high, high, high end starter. That's not necessarily a superstar, not even an all-star, but he just complements the core so well and ties it all together. That is what you're looking at. If all these young guys hit, not even to mention Trey Mann, not to mention Usman Jing, not to mention Jalen Williams. I can't even mention, mention those guys. So I think that, Whatever the move is, we can we can quaffle back and forth with how to tear these guys off. Superstar, star, all-star, X-Factor, whatever you want to tear them off at. Whatever the move is, it will be a move in which when you get the notification from Woj, from Shams, when you get the notification, you're going to be excited and you're going to be just doom-scrolling Twitter in a positive way. What's the, what's the positive term of doom-scrolling? Excitement scrolling for hours and hours, just consuming every Thunder content you can get your hands on. That's what I think that they're going to do in 20, 2023 offseason. But you just got to wait because the timing is a lot better for the 2023 offseason than for right now. And that's why the Thunder did not dive themselves into a Donovan Mitchell trade. Now, how does the Mitchell trade impact the Thunder moving forward? We're going to dive into that coming up. But first, let's say right now, about our good friends over at Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There is a new flavor. Are you ready? It is delicious, and it is cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built Bar has done it again. Let me introduce you to the new flavor, cookie dough chunk puffs. They have a light and chewy texture, 
real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, plus it's healthy for you. Cookie dough uh, chunk puffs are only 160 calories and have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. So run to BuiltBar.com to snag a box for you and your family, and it's the perfect treat. You're going to find a great hiding place for yourself because your family's going to be all over them. So check it out. Built Bar, the new cookie dough chunk puffs covered in 100% real chocolate. Check them out today by going to built.com, promo code locked on 15. That's 15% off your order whenever you use the code locked on 15. So use our code locked on 15 at built.com for this order. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Relan Styles. I want to talk about what this Donovan Mitchell trade does for OKC. So we talked about why they didn't make that move, but now that the move is made, how does it impact OKC? My first big takeaway is, well, there's now two All-Stars out of the Western Conference. So this opens up two spots in the All-Star team. Donovan Mitchell is now in Cleveland. Jonathan Murray is now in Atlanta. Both those guys were named All-Stars last year. The Spurs last year, let's look at the Spurs because they kind of compare more to where OKC is going to be at this year. Last year at the All-Star break, the Spurs were the 11th best team in the West. And I think that when you look at the fact that there's two spots open by Mitchell and Murray being out of the conference, and there's two spots open before guys even regress, before injuries happen, before... A guy is just just a little tad bit banged up and, and doesn't want to play in the exhibition game and he gets replaced. Like before any of that happens, significant injuries, minor, just a little bruise here and there, and that you'd rather have your vacation time than play in the exhibition game. And before just guys don't repeat their all-star caliber years, there's already two spots available. And I think that SGA is the best Western Conference player to not have made an all-star game yet. And I think that whenever you look at the Western Conference, who is he competing with with that, with that first-time narrative? of, you know, when you have your fans voting, but also have the media input and the player input and the, and the coaching input, all that stuff. We have all those those people putting in input on this decision. And you look and say, well, who's a deserving first-time candidate? I think that SGA beats out a lot of these players, but I would rank them as followed. I think that Anthony Edwards is a huge threat to this because I think that the Timberwolves are built for racking up regular season wins and we'll see how good they are in the playoffs. But I think that in the regular season, they can be a top four team in the West. So 
for that to happen, of course, Anthony Edwards has to continue to look like a star. I mean, he looks the part of a star. He acts the part of a star. If it quacks like a duck and walks like a duck, it's a duck. He's a star. He is a star player. Anthony Edwards is a huge threat to, to taking one of those two spots. I think that uh, Jamal Murray, as a redemption story with um, Denver, you know, looking to, of course, um, bounce back and do a lot better in the win column, that's a big threat as well. CJ McCollum, it, it, that, that, that Pelicans team is deep. I will say, though, for the Pelicans, you're going to have Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram in there. You're going to have Zion Williamson in there if he's healthy. That's already two spots from New Orleans that, that could be taken away. And, and all, is New Orleans going to be good enough to get three spots? I don't know. I don't know. Same thing here. I think that Desmond Bain's a really good player, and Michael Bridges is a really good player. I think that both those guys are all-star caliber players for the role that they play. I think that they deserve recognition, and I think that they're going to be playing on two of the best teams in the West. The problem is, even though the Grizzlies are going to win a ton of games and the Suns are going to win a ton of games, even though those, those teams are going to win, can you truly put them ahead of SGA? I don't think so. I think that for these two spots, you're looking at SGA, you're looking at Anthony Edwards and Jamal Murray kind of battling for them, uh, and then there's, there's other qualifiers for why McCollum, Bain, and Bridges will not get there. So we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. And, and I think that this is going to be a very important thing for RQC and for, for SGA uh, because this is kind of what you're playing for. Look, this team is going to be much improved, I think. Um, who knows how many wins and losses it translates to because I think that this is going to be what we have to keep reminding ourselves and what I think it will be important not to get lost years on the line. This team can be really improved on the court. The style of play, the caliber of play, the rotations, the, the depth on this team can all be really improved from a year ago, but their win total might stay stagnant or even drop down a peg because of how many good Western Conference teams there are, because of how these teams are all healthy as of right now and project to be healthy for the first time in a long time, and you got some of these teams back in their, in their rhythm. And you're also not going to sneak up on a lot of guys. Like, think about how many teams last year the Thunder snuck up on and then came back on also. Not just beat outright, but... You know, you built a 15-point lead, you kind of took them for granted, then the Thunder come back and, and win. They, they had the most 15-point uh, comebacks in the NBA last year for, for this young team. All that being said, how repeatable is multiple 15-point comebacks? How often do you see young teams close out games at, at a high clip, even though Mark's been a really good coach down the stretch of games? And you're missing Chet Holmgren for the entire season. You're missing one of your best players. I don't care if you're, you know, the the Celtics or the Thunder, either side of the spectrum you want to be on, the, the Warriors or the Thunder, you miss one of your top three players, that's going to change your win total. It's going to change your, your outlook dramatically. So even though on paper the win total might not increase by much this year, might even decrease, I think that we're still going to see a much higher level of basketball being played at Paycom Center this year, even with a Chet Holmgren injury. That's the only real knock on SGA is, is the wins. And I think that this is the year that he breaks through and gets the votes despite the win total. If the Thunder are even somewhat respectable in the tough Western Conference and he's playing at a, at a 25-point-per-game level as, he's, as he has been, he's going to get an all-star nod. And that's a, that's a big deal. And that's what this season's about. It's about seeing development, seeing growth, and then getting SGA to that all-star point as kind of your big shebang, right? It's not the playing tournament. It's not the playoffs. It's just seeing growth and then having that fun experience of having SGA go represent the Thunder on that grand stage of the all-star game, all-star weekend. Because like, there's a lot of guys that, you know, you look at and you, and you think that they're just made for the spotlight. And SGA is one of them. And there's also a lot of fans out there 
who consider themselves NBA fans that just watch opening night, Christmas, All-Star Weekend, and the playoffs. So you want to get your guy out there in that kind of environment, especially for a team that only has one game on national television, you know, the, the marquee networks, TNT, ABC, ESPN, and then three other games on NBA TV that not everyone has access that not everyone has access to. So I think this is a big deal. I think that he will get in there now, but this of course helps the the case even more to have uh, two guys gone from last year's All Star team. And we'll see, we'll see how it all how it all shakes out. Now, this also impacts OKC in the ping pong ball race. And I know again, a lot of you are tired about hearing this team tanking and hearing this team kind of vying for draft positioning. But they couldn't help that that Chet Holmgren got hurt. They just couldn't. And even if he didn't get hurt, this team is still so young that closing out games would have been hard anyway and would have seen them lose a lot of games despite being very fun. And if you just give them one more year to, to go in this draft and get, you know, a bottom, you know, four or five record in the league, you have a really good shot to land a franchise altering player and have them under control for nine years. So the trade-off truly is this year, much like it was in 2021. This draft class compares a lot to that 2021 class. You lose 10 more games in March. And that's what we're talking about, folks. We're not talking about tanking in October. We're talking about March. You lose 10 more games in March, and you get nine years of control over a guy like Victor Mignogna or a guy like Scoot Henderson, or a guy like Takari Whitehead, or a guy like the Thompson Twins. You get nine years of one of those guys. Nine. For the sake of ten games. That's where this is headed. Now, the question is, how many teams is OKC better than as we see the Jazz enter the race for the bottom? The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Oklahoma City Thunder find themselves once again looking toward that tankathon page after Chet Holmgren is out for the year. And the Utah Jazz now are going to plummet, plummet near the bottom of those standings. They've already made their vets like Conley and Bogdanovich for sale. The 2024 pick for the Jazz is top 10 protected Odo KC, and the 2023 draft class is loaded. Of course, they also gave Colin Sexton a chance to bounce back. I love his game, and I think that that contract is so movable at the deadline if he balls out, which I think that he will. Uh, now, will they actually trade him? Who knows? But I love Sexton's game. I think that that's a really nice trade chip for them in the future, if not a part of their you know actual core. But they're going to be aiming for the bottom. They've already made those guys available. And so even though right now on paper they look, they look pretty decent, all things considered, they're heading for the bottom because they're going to move those guys and get into the Victor Mignogna sweepstakes. And so the question is, how many teams is OKC better than? Because OKC has SGA. They have Josh Kitty. They have Jalen Williams, who can make an immediate uh, winning impact as a rookie. You have Josh Kitty, who's going to be you know progressing this season and, and hopefully taking a leap as a shooter. SGA, of course, an all-star cover player, and then the best player in the West not to be an all-star. Lou Dort, winning impact player, and a better role for him to be more efficient offensively. And 
Kendrick Williams, a winning impact player. Those are one, two, three, four, five guys who make winning impacts on this team. I think that Trey Mann's scoring, while it might be up and down or like a, like a spark plug, it's going to turn the tide in a few games. So I think that Trey Mann's worth two games or three games just on the scoring alone. That's now six guys that can that can get you wins. What happens with Usman Jang and Poku? Who knows? Wiggins is never going to lose you a game. So the fact that you don't have a guy who can lose you a game, like Wiggins is going to be a guy that is going to make winning plays in the sense of he's going to make the exact right decision and he's going to do it at the highest level he can. I love what Aaron Wiggins brings to the table, especially whenever he gets in a winning environment. He's going to be awesome. And you have a coach in Mark Dagnall who is going to be a great coach and a motivator, and we've seen him make his teams more successful than they project to be in the first two years of his career. Can he do it for a third year in a row? The bet online win total is over under 23 and a half games. Last year, the Thunder won 24. So who are the Thunder better than? To me, there's three undisputable teams that the Thunder are better than. I would be shocked if the Thunder are worse than Utah. I'd be shocked if the Thunder are worse than the Spurs. And I'd be shocked if the Thunder are worse than the Pacers. Those are the three. I think that eventually, Turner gets traded by the Pacers. I love Therese Halliburton. He's one of my favorite young players in the league. SGA is better than him and cancels him out. And then from there, everything goes to OKC. And also, of course, also, I mean, SGA is better than Tyrese Halliburton. But Tyrese Halliburton is really the only piece that that uh, even makes this a question. I think that the Thunder are much better than all three of these teams. The Jazz, Spurs, Pacers, without without dispute. Without dispute. I think that they might be better than Detroit, they might be better than Orlando, and they might be better than Houston. If OKC happens to be better than all three of those teams, then OKC is the seventh team in the West. I don't think that they I don't think that there's even a chance that they're better than anyone else. I think that they are they are possibly better than these teams in Detroit, Orlando, and Houston. They're for sure better than Jazz, Spurs, Pacers. That lands them as a bottom seven team in the league. And then it comes down to how many of those maybes is OKC truly better than and how many of those maybes turn out to be better than OKC. Now, I put them as maybes, a lot of them. Like, like for example, if Chet was healthy and, and, and a full go, I would put uh, Orlando in the absolutely worst than OKC category. If Chet was healthy and you know, incredibly ready to go, I would put them as better than um, OKC, better than Houston. A lot of that has to do with Chet being hurt, kind of hurting the, the complete picture of this team. But the Thunder are a bottom seven team in this league. And we'll see of those three, how, how close they can get to, you know, top half of the league in, in the sense of draft positioning and lottery odds. But let's just say that they go to seven. The seventh spot has a 32% chance at a top four pick and a 7.5% chance at the first overall pick. And there's about seven names who I think can be, uh, who I think can allow you to change the direction of your franchise. You look at that seventh spot. The worst it can fall is 10. So if you were the seventh worst team in the NBA this year, you'd be granted a top 10 pick in the league to either use as a trade chip or to add to the core of Chet Holmgren, SGA, Josh Giddy, Jalen Williams, and all these guys. So even though it's disappointing for the crowd that thought maybe this team could sneak into the play-in in the, in the tough Western Conference, I was never really there with this team. There's still so much to look forward to. And again, this team is going to be worth watching, I promise you. And maybe right now you're just so disgruntled and you're so 
you know, down on the luck of the thunder where they just have their star player get hurt and you are sad right now, I promise you, you'll never have to admit it to me. I won't make you admit it to me, but I promise you, come December, you're going to find yourself enjoying this Thunder team no matter the record, no matter the record. So that's what the Thunder and where the Thunder are at right now. Now, I want to talk quickly about the Thunder and the fact that a lot of teams own future first-round picks as, as Utah gains 15 future first-round picks, the same amount as OKC has. Uh, plus, of course, Houston and New Orleans and San Antonio all have multiple future first-round picks. Can this can this still push OKC over the edge? We talked about OKC and their godfather offer. Now there's more teams who have that godfather offer. The thing I think that OKC still leads the way, if you're ranking who has the best treasure trove of assets to go get the next star, I think OKC still has the best advantage because they still have young guys that they can part with. They, they have young guys like Trey Mann who can sweeten the pot. Like Let's just say that a super, super duper star becomes available for a team who wants to then rebuild. Who can make a better offer than four first-round picks, two swaps, and Trey Mann? Just as an example of a guy who you really like and you think can be a really good player, but if you part with him for the sake of being a super-duper star, it's a tough pill to swallow, but you got to do it, right? How many teams have that guy that can be that sweetener? We'll see. And also, who will be in the in position faster than OKC to cash these in? Whereas I think that maybe Utah might be the last one holding all their draft picks and, and might be left without a, 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 a team to throw them to. The thing is, though, the NBA is a soap opera. Drama is always around the corner. You don't got to look for it. It'll come find you. There's always going to be a guy that's disgruntled. There's always going to be a player that wants out, a team that wants to rebuild, a team that wants to reload, all that sort of thing. Duck the luxury tax and, and off their core for the sake of rebuilding and getting cheaper, all that stuff. There's always going to be somebody out there to, to use these draft picks on. And for OKC, like I mentioned at the top of the show, if you trust Sam Presti and if you think he hit on all these picks and if you believe in all these guys being incredibly good, not to mention whoever they draft this year, then getting them over the hump isn't even trading for a super-duper star. It's trading for a electric glue guy. I also want to tell you right now to go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview. The Ultimate Pro Football Preview is incredible. It's an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. For your local experts on the Lockdown Podcast Network and the betting angle from Lee Sterling of Lockdown Bets, they combined into one NFL preview. Search the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 in your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcast from, and check them out today. So until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Lockdown Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.